Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we had a, a wonderful time at the Lake Retreat, the guys that went with us out in Texas. But um, I just now recently recovered from, from that. I threw my back out. I mean, even playing basketball. I mean, yeah, I was. I asked PT, I said, How you feeling? He said, I'm feeling good. I said, I guess you've learned over the years. He said, Yep. I don't play any games. Praise God. Amen. So I think Matt had his knee and then Andrew got, you know, food poisoning. And, but we, man, we had an awesome time. It was awesome. It was a bomb diggity. You know? <laughs> I mean, 75 guys that didn't shower for three days. That's awesome. This is so awesome. No, no just kidding. <laughs> Pastor Marie sends her love. She's down to Bayshore ministering down there. And uh, we just want to welcome everybody. Thank you for coming. Uh, I want to get into the word. I don't want to take up the offering now, but I want to get into the word because, you know, it seems like there's cycles where the enemy will attack areas. Like, sometimes there's a cycle where the enemy will attack, like, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. And then there's another cycle where the enemy will just attack, like, the gifts of the Spirit. And and then there's another cycle that attack, you know, hyper grace, where everything is okay because we're under grace. And you know, recently, uh, I just kind of wonder, I don't know if it's the enemy or if it's our own doing. But one thing that seems to be being attacked right now is biblical prosperity. That seems to be something. And I thought to myself, well, why, why is that? Well, we know that our president, now listen, President Trump, he is born again. He's got his pampers on, but he's born again. Okay, and we, we were all there at one time. Can you say amen? Growing and changing. But he's a multi-billionaire. Amen. That means he's a brother in the Lord. Guess what? Next. Praise God. Amen. Next. Because God has no respect to a persons. So how many would you agree that in the last few years, as he's been president, prosperity has really hit the United States of America? Come on. Hello, somebody. It really, really has. And so we, and we know that God wants his body to be prosperous. It's true. Because two things that are attacked more than anything in the body of Christ is one, health, health issues, and two, prosperity or finances. Yes, agreed? Yeah. So we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to show you because Brother Hagin talked about this many, many years ago when the revival broke out. In upstate New York in 1989 with Pastor Rodney, because he had a mandate from the Lord to come from Africa to America to stir up the churches for the coming revival. And along with that, he began to teach biblical principles on how to prosper financially in this world. Okay? Well, what happened was, is over a period of time of about 10 years or so, it started shifting a little bit to preachers just preaching prosperity and things like that and to give to get kind of thing. But they never gave principles to the body of Christ on how to tap into the world system. So they, they, always, they always gave the indication that if you gave $1,000 or $2,000 or $10,000, then God, God was about to move on you. 
but they never told the body of Christ what they needed to do to prosper. It was almost like this automatic thing that was going to fall on you. So I'm praying about it. I may take some Tuesday nights and take about 12 weeks on Tuesday nights to teach on biblical prosperity and teach you how to prosper in this world. Come on, hello, somebody. And we may, we may do that. So I'm going to pray that out because I'm not really going anywhere until Burma in November. And um, we're doing a crusade in the country of Burma. So I may take that time on Tuesday nights. And we just, whatever the schedule is, we'll get rid of it for 10 to 12 weeks or something like that. And just really teach and show you how to biblically prosper. That might be a good thing. And let me ask you, how many are, are good, if we did that for 12 weeks on Tuesday night, how many, do you think you can come at least one or two times or something like that? Okay. Because we're, we're going to teach you how to do it. Because I'll be honest with you, Marie and I, we are very prosperous. And it's not because people giving into the ministry, it's because of our sowing. It's what we've sowed. Okay, I have no credit card debt. The only debt that I have, and it's not really debt because I actually have equity in it. It's this building, my name is on this building. Okay, and this building is worth about $800,000. And we paid $550,000, but we only owe three hundred and seventy. dollars and then my house. My house is, uh, we paid um, uh, $352,000. But then we, with the house that we sold over on uh, Mecklevine, we sold, I think, about $80,000. We got that. We put it in a house. And I only owe $276,000. And I just refinanced it and it didn't cost me anything. So I went from like 5.25 to like 3.99. So I'm pretty happy about that. Okay, so all I have is this building, the house, and, of course, Pastor Marie, we traded the old car in because she didn't like it for, for the Lincoln, which is actually a 2016. So we traded in a 2019 to a 2016, and then we actually saved money there, and it had 30,000 miles on it, and it's a black label, which means everything is covered for five years or 100,000 miles. So if anything happens to that car, okay, so that's it. I have no credit card debt. I have no other debt besides that. Amen. Come on, hello. But here's the deal. I do live within my means. But also, God has given me a business. And we've been business people. Marie and I have been business people ever since we were like 20 and 21. So there's an anointing on Pastor Marie and I to do business. You should tap into that. You should tap that. So I'm going to share a little bit this morning, and then we'll take up the tithes and offerings, okay? So if you open your Bible, please, to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to start there, and while you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for the full gospel, the good news, that we don't have to be broke, poor, no more. That Jesus became poor for us so that we could become rich, have a full supply. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now, let us have eyes to see and ears to hear. And Father, that biblical prosperity is for your children in today's time. We have to understand that money, Father, we understand that money is not for our status, it's for our service. And so, Father, we thank you for the service of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8, please. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm just going to barely touch this morning on this, but hopefully and prayerfully you'll get some insight so that you can begin to prosper financially and in every area of your life. Because prosperity is not just about finances. That's just a part of it. And we know that Steve Jobs, unfortunately, he passed away in his early 40s. But he was a multi, 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 multi-billionaire, and he died of cancer. 
So no amount of money that he had, no amount of the best medical things he could take partake of actually saved his life and he died. So we can say that he was very prosperous financially, but he was very poor in his body. So prosperity covers more than just finances, but those are two areas that, that are majorly attacked. It's our bodies and it's finances. But here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and verse 18 says this, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power. That word power is also the word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from, or the anointing from. The anointing is his presence. So you can say it like this, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth the anointing to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto the fathers unto this day. So an establishment of a covenant with you and me includes wealth or abundance or a full supply. It's better to have a full supply than not have a full supply. Yes? It's better to live on, you know, off the top of the barrel instead of under the barrel. Yes or no? Yeah, it is. So are, there are biblical principles. Listen, when you get born again, you are no longer of this world, but you still live in it. And what you have to do is you have to take biblical principles financially and apply them to this world. Now, we know that Satan is the God of this world. And there's a Luciferian spirit that's in the world, and there's a Luciferian economic structure on operates in the world. So even though we're not of this world, the principles of heaven are still the principles of the earth. If you sow a seed, you're going to get a harvest. That's just the way it is. If a farmer sows a kernel into the ground, not only does he get one corn back, he gets a whole ear, several ears. It's, it's, it's just a principle of increase. Scientists have discovered that the, the universe is not imploding, it's exploding. Why is that? Because a creator has to create. You cannot not get around God and not increase because God is a God of increase. So the key thing is, is operating the principles. If I had a book and it had instructions in the book, and, and the book guaranteed that in five years you would be a multi-millionaire, you'd have 10 to 20 million dollars, and you read this book and it was a guarantee, how much money would you pay for that book? I mean, I mean, think about it. It's a guarantee. It's guaranteed or your investment back and then some. I mean, how much money would you, well, how much, what would you pay for that? It was a, you, mean, you mean in five years I'm going to have 10 to $20 million? If I, if I buy this, there's, it's, a, it's guaranteed. You mean it's guaranteed if I followed the principles in that book, it's guaranteed that I'd have 10 to $20 million. How much money would you pay for that? Well, I got good news. The price has already been paid by the blood of Jesus, and he wrote us a book. And this book is absolutely free. So what does that mean? If you apply the principles in this book, I guarantee you, you're going to walk in prosperity and you're going to walk in health. Amen. So what do we have to do? We have to find out the principles in the book. Right? We have to find the instructions. So he says here, he said, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything in this earth, everything in the universe belongs to God Almighty and you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are heirs of the King of Kings. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you are kings and priests. 
Amen. I don't know of any natural king in the earth that's actually broke, poor, busted, and disgusted. I don't. Do you know any king in the earth that's ahead of a kingdom that's poor, busted, broken, busted, and disgusted? No. So somewhere along the line, we haven't been following the instruction manual and applying those principles in our lives to get the results that we desire in our heart. Yes? No? Okay. So he says, I give you the ability. Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Isn't that right? And he gave it to the church. What are those keys open? Those keys are the principles in the word of God to open up the doors of blessing in your life. So there's that prosperity key. You got to find the key. The key is there to unlock that. There's a healing key. You got to find that key to unlock that. There's a deliverance key. There's a depression to joy key. There's a sickness to healing key. And you have to apply that key to open up that door. So he says he's done this to establish a covenant. We have covenant with God. The covenant with God started out with the Adamic covenant with Adam and Eve. It started out as covenant. Then we had the covenant of Abraham. Come on now. And then we have Levitical law in which we're no longer under Levitical law because Jesus became. Hello. But now we have a covenant. So a covenant cannot be broken. It cannot be nullified. Laws can be changed and laws can be fulfilled. So we have a covenant. So what's happened? We, we, we don't know the legal rights to a covenant. Listen, if you have an uncle who's a multi-multi-billionaire and he dies and you didn't know you had that uncle, and all of a sudden in his will he wrote you a half a billion dollars, and all of a sudden you didn't know you had a half a billion dollars, hello somebody, until somebody found out or you did a lineage search and all of a sudden you went down to the courthouse, you discovered, did he leave me something? Was there rich Uncle Vinny? Come on, hello. I'm sure there's a rich uncle somewhere in everybody's lineage. Hello somebody, amen. He may have written your name in there. But you don't have access to it until you find out what you have to do to get access to it. So listen, all the promises of God are what? Yay and amen. But what does that mean for you and me? We have to search it out. we got to find it out. So he says here, I've done this to establish a covenant. In that covenant with God, with you, is wealth, folks. It's wealth. Amen. Go over to um, 3 John, if you would, please. 3 John. 3 John. Man, there, there is so much that, that on, on this subject in the Word of God. So much. 3 John says this, verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things, somebody say all things. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Watch verse 3. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walks in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in the truth. Beloved, I wish above every other thing that you may prosper and be in health. Now, it gives us a key, even as your soul prospers. Now, 
we as Christians and as believers and brothers and sisters in the law, we are a triune being. Just like God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You are spirit, soul, and body. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit, man, is the real you. It looks just like you. So here's something way cool. You never really die. You just transfer locations. You're going to live forever. And when you reach the end of forever, guess what's there? Forever. Because <laughs> it never ends. That means 10,000 years from now. Hello. 20,000 years from now. One, oh my gosh, one million years from now. Yep, you're still around. Praise God. Amen. Then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Man. And God is not boring. So whatever we have 10 million years from now, we're still around, whatever, in the plan of God. Hello. So therefore, God in this life. Did you know that it's better that as you as a Christian, as a testimony to the world, that you are prosperous and that you are healthy? Because that's what the world is after. Come on now. They're, they're like, he who wins has the most toys. I was like, okay, you, the toys are easy to get. It's the maintaining of them that's hard. Hello, somebody. Come on now. Hello. Got to maintain that boat. Got to maintain that 20,000 square foot home. Got to maintain that Ferrari. Got to maintain that Porsche. You got to maintain. Got to maintain. Got to maintain that private airplane. Got to maintain. Got to maintain. It's like the one preacher said, oh, I'm believing God for a 747. He's like, what? He's like, preacher's like, what? Yeah, I'm believing God for a 747. Got like 25 people in this church. I'm believing God for a 747 so I can go to the nations of the world. He's like, well, do you have faith for the tire? What do you mean? He said, one tire blows out is $50,000. Well, pray the Lord. The Lord increase my faith. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. How about sometimes we just start that the mortgage is paid every single month on time? How about this? Maybe pay it in advance. Got two months of mortgage in advance. Praise the Lord. Amen. Got two car payments in advance. Hello. We're on our road. On our road to way to prosperity. Hello. Come on, somebody. How about this? You pay your car payment too much in advance, and then you pay somebody else's car payment. Hello, somebody. You start sharing the wealth. God blessing you so much. Hello. Well, you got to start. You got to. You have to start somewhere. Got to start. You got to begin somewhere, and then see what God does. All right. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Sometimes it's not necessarily a financial issue as it is a wisdom issue. Come on, King Solomon was the wealthiest man ever. And he didn't even ask for riches. He said this, Lord, I need wisdom to lead your people. And God said to him, well, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but because you didn't ask for prosperity or your enemies, I'm going to give you prosperity and your enemies. That just shows you the nature of your father in heaven. He's a liberal giver. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son. Now, here's the deal. I don't want to give you the connotation that is all you ever do is just give and tithe. It's just going to happen. That's just starting. That's just, the, that's just the beginning. It's the biblical principles. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Well, how do I remember? Keep covenant with him. What is covenant with him? Tithes and offerings. Not just offerings. It's tithes and. 
Tithes are first and then offerings. Hello? Then, if you need to go back to school, come on now to get some more education because in the world, they're looking at degrees now. Hello? Melanie, you got, because you have a master's degree, right? Or, okay, you have a master's degree. Okay, and you work for this company. And when you got this job, what happened? They gave me $5,000 more of my salary because I have a degree. Okay. Now, you were in competition with somebody else who had more experience than you. How many years? Probably eight. And they gave you the job over her? Yes. Because, because you what? Because of my degree. Oh, Dr. Jack, you and Pastor Maria are always encouraging people to go to LCU. Yeah, they want you to get a degree. And then take it to your job. How many pay raises? You're a nurse. How many pay raises have you gotten because of your degree? Mm, too many. Um, at least three. We're encouraging you to tap into the principles of this world from biblical heavenly perspective so that you can increase. Y'all have a business. In the last three to four weeks, you, they came and met with us. She came and met with us. They have a cleaning business. If you need, listen to me. If you need your house cleaned, Amen. right here. She'll even cast out devils out of your house. They're bothering you. Praise God. <laughs> they came to us. She came to me. She said, Pastor, teach me how to do windows, clean windows. Many years ago, I started, a, I mean, many years ago, I started a cleaning service. She said, can you come and teach me? Can you teach me how to do the floors? Can you teach me how to do the, can, you, can you teach me? Can you teach me? Has your business increased in the last three weeks since we've been talking? You talked to Pastor Marie and I. Oh, yeah. I love it. Come on. Hello, somebody. I love it. I love it when God blesses his people. It's an awesome thing. We should be blessed and highly favored. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, says this. Watch this. Listen to this. Charge them that are rich in the world that they not be high-minded or prideful, nor trust in uncertain riches. Trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Listen, John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. The abundant life. A couple years ago, the Lord was dealing with me about this scripture. <clears throat> because Pastor Marie and I, for years, all we were about, just ministry, 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 ministry. Hardly ever took a vacation. Hardly ever took a break. Just driven. Soul, 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 soul. I mean, when we were traveling, I think one year, and Pastor Rodney talked to me and he asked me, son, do you want to live out your life? And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, you better slow down. Are you going to die? Because one year, we were only home a cumulative one month out of an entire year. We had all of our bills shipped to us wherever we were in the country. I mean, we were preaching one-week revivals, two-week revivals, three-week revivals, two meetings a day in many places, just nonstop. I, there was a time I didn't want to see another hotel, another elevator, because we'd finish a service, get in the car, and drive 12 to 13 hours to get to another place and find another hotel. And, 
and then eaten out late at night. Oh, Jesus mercy. Really? It was so bad. Many times I'd wake up the next morning and go, where am I? What state am I in? What state were we in? And then you can panic sometimes because it's not coming to your memory. (laughs) Where are we? Where are we? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, God doesn't want us to be driven. You have to understand, sometimes what Satan will do is if he can't get you to compromise, he'll drive you. You drive cattle, you lead sheep. Hello, come on, have somebody. Amen. In Romans 8.32, it says this, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Okay, well, how do, you, how do you tap into the world system? Look, if you're working a job, then there's so many principles. How to get a pay raise in 90 days. Let me tell you a principle how to get a pay raise in 90 days. Show up to work 15 minutes early. Stay 15 minutes late. Go to your boss, ask him or her, what three things are you having great difficulty in solving? Say, I'll get back to you. Take those three things to the Lord in your prayer time. Get the answer. Go back to your boss and say, if we did this, this, and this. We did a revival in Michigan. A young lady worked for a bank. And she took that advice during the the three-week revival that we were there. She went to her boss. She said, I I see that you have difficulty with a couple things. Um, Can you tell me what three things that you're having difficulty with and... Um, you know, I could probably solve it for you. So one of the difficulties was this. They were writing money orders, and it was costing the company $5, and they were only charging $2. So it was costing them money. I mean, the bank was... So all of a sudden, she went to the Lord and said, Lord, how can we solve this problem? So the Lord showed her on an Excel sheet how they could print their own instead of buying these money orders. She went to her boss. They began to implement it. Over a period of three weeks, it saved the company $5,000. So they called her in the office. We said, we just want to appreciate you. And by the way, you're getting a $150 per, per week check pay raise because you helped us. And then all of a sudden, get this. Then, she got, then they got a phone call. Sometimes in banks, there'll be like fake customers they try to scam sometimes and all that kind of stuff. So all of a sudden, this fake person that was with the company called in and said, you know, I have account number so-and-so. And she was just so polite, and she was just so courteous to the person. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't think you have an account here. But, hey, listen, we'll be glad to open up one for you. And she hung up, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. The next day, she was called into the office. She thought she was in trouble. Come to find out that it was a test, and she totally passed the test with flying colors, and they gave her like a big bonus on top of the $150 pay raise that she was getting every single week. So there are principles, folks, that you can start tapping in. Listen, your excellence will override everybody else's mediocrity. I'm going to tell you right now. You show up 15 minutes early, they're like, hey, you show up 15 minutes late, clock out, stay 15 more minutes. They're like, what the heck? What are you, why are you here? Well, because I just wanted to go ahead and finish up and get my day started early tomorrow. I'll be 15 minutes early tomorrow. You don't think in today's society... 
My God, I have a difficult time just ordering an Egg McMuffin and a Mocha Frappe. And I drive up to the, oh, you ordered a cheeseburger, fries, and Coke? No, I didn't order a cheeseburger. Oh, did you get the Sunday chocolate Sunday? I'll take the chocolate Sunday, praise God. No, it was an Egg McMuffin. It was an Egg McMuffin and a, it was a Mocha Frappe. My wife, right, praise God, sausage egg McMuffin with the cheese in between the middle of the egg and the patty off the bread. You, 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 you think that you were a nuclear scientist doing Einstein theory with just that one request. It's a bad thing you drive up and you open your bag and there's a cheeseburger. I mean, what, what, how did that translate over the... How many times do you have to repeat your order at McDonald's? <laughs> Glory to God in heaven. It exercises patience in my life. There are some McDonald's I just don't go. Uh, not going. We'll take five more miles. I'm going to the five mile one. I am not driving through that. I am not driving through that drive through. Listen, I had favor yesterday. I, was, I, I rejoiced. I thought, this is a miracle. Where's the easy button? How often is it to hit that sucker? I'm going to put that one. It's, that was easy. Praise God. So I saw this huge line because Pastor Marie wanted a sausage egg McMuffin with the cheese between the patty and the egg off the bread. And I saw the line. I was like, no. I'm going to try to go in. So the line was huge. I mean, it was going out to the road, you know, and I thought, I'm just go, I'm going to give it a, I mean, the last couple of times I tried to go in, it was actually longer inside than it was if I would have just sat in the smog behind somebody who's irritated with me because I'm, vroom, 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 and they're too busy looking at the phone, and you hit the, eh, 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 and then they give you a look, and I was like, well, you drive, golly, there's two cars in front of you, and you're too busy on your phone. I want my Egg McMuffin. So I repented. I asked God to forgive me. So I decided to go in. So I pulled it and I walked across and there was nobody in there. I thought, this is a miracle. Oh, I know. They're all in line. So I walked in. Can I help you? I said, yes. I'd like to have a coffee, two creams, with a sausage egg muffin and a regular egg muffin. Okay, great. Thank you. Like five minutes. I was like, this is the first time in five years I've been in Plant City. This has ever happened to me. That's the favor of God. Walking in the fog favor of God. Amen. So if God says that he wants to establish his covenant with us, it would behoove us because every scripture that I've read about covenant is wealthy, rich, full supply, rich, full supply, wealthy, rich, full supply, wealthy, rich, full supply. No wonder Satan attacks the body of Christ so hard in the area of finances. Because here's the deal. The gospel is free, but it does take finances to go to the world's. In Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11 says this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Sometimes you just have to keep on asking. You got to keep on seeking, and you got to keep on knocking. I share this story a lot. You know, my oldest son, John, when we were living in Chicago, he wanted to work at Olive Garden. So he went in and put an application in and all that kind of stuff and talked to the general manager and said, well, we're not hiring right now. He said, okay, thank you. So three days later, he went back into the Olive Garden. 
He said, can I talk to the general manager, please? Um, yeah, what do you need? Well, I turned my resume in, and I just need to talk to him. He said, you don't, you don't even have to go into details. Well, he, did he call you? you know, how, did he, or you have a set of appointments? No, I turned my resume in, and I just need to talk to him because that's who I need to talk to who makes the decision on hiring people. Well, he's not available right now. Okay, do you know when he'll be available? Well, I'm not really sure. Maybe later this afternoon. Okay, I'll be, all right. I'll be back this afternoon. So he left, came back home, and went back this afternoon. General manager said, well, you know, I just tell you right now, I know you turned your resume in yesterday, but we're not hiring right now. He said, okay, thank you. So he, three days later, walks into Olive Garden and says, hey, uh, is the general manager in? He did that five times. On the fifth time, the general manager said, well, young man, you must really want a job here. He said, I really, really do. He said, okay, well, then you're hired. And he became the number two server in the entire restaurant. I know today you got to go. Get, you got to put it online. I don't care if it's online or not. Go to the office. Tell them. Oh, we'll call you. Okay, great. Thank you. I'll wait for your phone call. Do it three days later. Hi. Yeah, exactly. well, why are you here? I, you said that I was going to get a call or something. I haven't got the call yet. So I'm here because bug the heck out of them. They're, eventually, you'll get to the right person, and they're going to hire you. Wow, general manager walks and says, well, you've been here for 10 times. You must really work here. Yeah, I'm going to be the best worker you'll ever have. Watch and see. Well, what do you mean? I'm coming in 15 minutes early. I'm staying 15 minutes late. And oh, by the way, do you have three projects that you're having difficulty with? Let me know, and I'll see if I can't solve them for you. You don't think that that person in today's society is going to move up? And guess what? When you move up, pay raise up, baby. I... I used to hear all the time in business, if you pay the price, you'll be successful. Just pay the price. Just pay the price. Just pay the price. I'm like, what? That's paying the price. I went to God. I hear it all the time. All these rich millionaires are saying, pay the price. Pay the price. Pay the price. You pay the price, then you'll be successful. Pay the price. And I'm like, what do you mean pay the price? And the Lord spoke to me ever so clearly. He said, paying the price is that you're willing to do what others won't do to get what you want. That came straight from heaven. That you're willing to do that others won't do to get what you want. Years, 23 years of ministry, I've heard this. Oh man, when I get a million dollars, Pastor, when I get a million dollars, we're going to pay the mortgage off. When I get, when I get a million dollars, I'm just going to, when I get a million dollars, I tell you, we're just going to do so much for the Lord. I mean, when I get a million dollars, I mean, hallelujah, when, we, when my ship comes in, Pastor, we're just going to do so much for the Lord. Well, could you just tithe every week? I mean, could you just start somewhere and tithe every week? So why is that? Because the Bible says, for where your heart is, your treasure is also. So when your heart is in the kingdom of God, when the heart is in your church, when the heart is there, it will follow the money. Did you know that the anointing and the presence of God is very related to money and finances? Because the Bible says it's the love of money, not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And when you start standing on the tap roof of Satan, you don't think he's going to come against you. He certainly is. Because you know what? When you start supporting the gospel and souls are being won and the kingdom of God is being advanced in the earth. Come on now. And we're trumping Islam and we're trumping Buddhism. We're trumping. Come on. Hello, somebody. Because we're pouring finances in there. And you know what? When you stand at the throne of God and he says to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And all of a sudden he pulls back and says, look, all the souls. Because of your faithfulness. 
Sometimes we have to develop delayed gratification because we live in a society now that says, give it to me now, give it to me now, give it to me. They're starting to show Christmas commercials. kind of skipped Halloween because people really aren't interested in Halloween anymore. I mean, you walk into Lowe's and it used to be like Halloween and it's like a small little corner and a little section with a pumpkin there or something like that, you know. But now, no, they got the Christmas trees out. And it's September! You don't think they're ordering inventory right now? Man, I'm telling you, if you will take the principles that I'm telling you right now, and if you'll just be patient, and you'll pay the price, and you start applying these things, I'm telling you, you, I promise you, I give you a guarantee, you will increase. It's impossible not to do the principles of heaven and not increase. It's absolutely impossible. Now, I want to share you some, some story, true stories about Pastor Marie and I, because what God does for one, he will do for another. He is no respecter of persons. What he's done for President Trump and all the other Christians that love God, he will do for you. It's just that they've learned to tap into the world to get the wealth transfer. So here's, here's a story for you. When we were at Ramah, um, our first year at Rama, man, we struggled financially. I'm just telling you, we didn't. We ha- I had a business here at one point in time in the, the late '80s. We were doing ten thousand dollars a month. I had five employees that worked for me. Man, we were banking. It was good. Life was good. Then I answered the call to the ministry, and I thought that I knew a lot about faith. We did the Rama correspondence course for almost three years. And then at the three years, my pastor came to me and he said, Jack, I think that you and your, your wife and your family are moved to Ram- go to Ramah, which was a miracle in itself because we were the best servers. And my pastor had to come to me because I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, my life is in your hands. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Amen. I give up everything. I lay it down. And three months later, he said, hey, you need to go to Ramah. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I felt I needed to go to Bible school. He came to me. There's no man or woman that can stop the plan of God for your life, ever. Hello? But God is interested in obedience and submission. Oh, my God, there's a four-letter word right there, obedience and submission. Hello? There's no, no man, no man can stop the plan of God. No man, ever. And today we're going to lay hands on Kayla Walton. She brought her mom today from North Carolina, and we're going to launch her out. And, and she'll be home there, and then when she's here, she'll be home. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. And it was prophesied three years ago that she would be doing that. And she's going to go fulfill the call of God on her life. And help, and help her pastor, Pastor Phil and Beverly. Amazing. He's going to probably dance in the Holy Ghost because you're the only one that's ever came back. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> He'd be like, she's back. Oh, I like that, Dr. Jack. Maybe we'll send some more down to him. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> send him to Bible school. Praise God. Amen. And so we were, you know, there was a point in time. I mean, and so when we... Transfer, watch this. When we went from my carpet cleaning repair business, my janitorial business here, I asked the Lord, I said, do you want me to get a job? And he said, no, what's your armor? I said, well, for 12 years, 13 years, we built a cleaning business. He said, do you know the principles on how to do it? I said, yes, sir. And he said, that's what I want you to do. So I sold my house, sold my second car, sold all my furniture, gave away my business. Gave it away. I didn't sell it. I gave it away to a guy who was very faithful and worked for me for an entire year. I sowed that into his life. 
I kept my carpet cleaning equipment, kept my, my uh, repair equipment. And then we, when we moved up to Oklahoma, I didn't know anybody but one person. We were going by faith. I remember the day when we pulled out. It was the day that we signed the papers for selling our house because we knew we heard from God and we were going anyway. The very day we signed the papers, boom, hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Head west, young man. So we drove up there. I didn't know anybody in Broken Arrow, a place they have not ever fixed yet. Praise God, it's still Broken Arrow. Praise God, Oklahoma. And the miracle started happening. I mean, the miracle started happening. We were in a hotel. We only had $6,000 to our name. That was supposed to last us for the rest of the year. We, we moved up there, I think it was in October, September, October, around that period of time. And when we still moved up there, it was still kind of warm. It was still kind of summerish. Now, I'm a Florida boy. I wasn't born in Florida, but I grew up in Florida. All right? I know nothing of black ice. I know nothing of doors freezing over. I know nothing of that sort. I don't know that it could be 80 degrees and then six hours later drop down to 30. I didn't know that it could do that. I mean, that it, I mean, I remember back in 1976 or 75, it snowed once in Florida. Is that right around that time, right? It was cold. It was bitter colds. So we went up there, and you know what I did? I did what I did when I started my business. I, I worked for a de development company when I was 20 years old. And they replaced me, but I saw a guy cleaning commercial windows, and I asked the guy, you know, those window cleaning guys, right? I asked him, how much money do you make a week? He said, five to six hundred bucks a week. Five to six hundred bucks a week today, money is good. But imagine this in the late 80s. I said, you got to be kidding me. And they were only paying me like 350 bucks, you know, a week. So I thought, hmm, 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 I wonder if I could make some extra money. So you know what I did? I got a business card made up called Clearview Window Cleaning Service. And then I'd work during the week as the property manager. And then on Saturdays, I would dress up in a suit like this. And I would go to the stores and I would say, excuse me, is the general manager in? Can I see? Because you know what? You'll get past a lot of people when you're dressed like this. Oh, you must be important. You recently went to an interview with a suit on and the guy looked at you like, what the? Are you a corporate spy? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. You had to be thinking, who is this guy? Who is it? He just came in here doing interviews, and he walks in with a full suit and tie on. It was funny. He said, I want this amount of money. He said, well, that's a little bit much. And then a day later, he got an approval that offered to work for them. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, that's what he got for an interview. I was, I was like, what? Hey. Nothing like a good dressed fine man. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. So I would dress up and I would go pass out business cards. I had one general manager said, well, if you look that good, I bet you my windows and all my stores are going to be good. I said, yes, ma'am, hire me. She said, you're hired. You, if you look that good, I can't wait to what my windows are going to look like in the storefront. So I built it up that I had an extra $250 on a Saturday. So I was getting $350 for four, working 40 hours a week. And then on a Saturday for about five hours, I'm getting $250. Bucks. So I'm like, what? Okay, huh? Two plus two equals four. 
So they fired me because they hired a guy in New York who was twice my age to come down and put an indoor flea market at another shopping center. And they fired me. Watch this. And in 30 days, I passed out 1,000 business cards. And this is what I would do. During the day, I would go out. And at nighttime, me, Marie, and the two boys, we would go to shopping centers when they were closed. And I would write a price on the back of the business card and stick it on the door. So that when, And all of a sudden, I made enough money that we didn't lack for any bills or anything. And Marie had to go to work. And then there was a point in time where the business began to grow. And then all of a sudden she came along and she had like 13 to 14 houses. We had five cost cutter hair salons. I had three West Coast video stores. I had an Albertsons grocery store with five employees. We actually stripped the floors. And we built it over a period of time. It took some time. It took some time. So when we went to Rama. I did the same thing. In one month, I made up a thousand flyers for the window cleaning, I mean, for the uh, carpet cleaning business, passed it out, and we picked it up. In the first month that we were there, we made $6,000. I thought, oh, this is sweet. Just picked it right up. But I didn't realize something. It was before winter hit. And everybody gets their carpets clean before winter because they start winterizing. But when the snow falls and it's cold, they don't want their front door open with hoses coming out the front door. So my business within a period of 90 days went from 6000 a month to zero. Zero. One particular month we didn't have the rent. We didn't have the school payment. We didn't have the electric payment. We didn't have the phone payment. And we only had one can of potato soup. And they already started eviction notices. And I had three days before I had to be out because they gave us 10 days. And I had three days. So I'm going I'm to give you a big key right here of what we did. At first, in your mind, you start to panic. Oh, mighty man of God of faith and power, going to Bible school. Hallelujah. Until you're really pressed. So we decided together, Marie and I decided, we weren't going to complain. We weren't going to murmur. We weren't going to say anything negative about our situation. Every time we thought about it, I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord. Lord, you're my... Listen, I even went and got in line in a benevolence ministry to get a box of food. I'm standing in line with my wife and two sons, and I look at her and I said, this is not God. Let's go. And we left with one can of tomato soup. I knew it wasn't God. So all of a sudden, we went to class the next day, and we couldn't go the following week because if I, unless I had the payment. And, we were, and it, was, we, it was $460 a month. $460 a month for the school payment, $425, $50 a month for the rent. I mean, it was just, man. And my business went to zero because it started getting cold, and the snow started falling. So I went to class, and then I learned something in class. And it struck me. Have you ever been taught something wrong and suddenly you come into the knowledge of the truth and you get mad about it? That particular day, I got mad. And then all of a sudden, I'm on my way home and I was like, I can't believe that I believe this and now I'm coming to the knowledge of the truth. And then I got mad at pastors. 
And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't be mad at pastors. They're only operating in the knowledge that they have. Pray for them. So we even came home. Now, the boys ate because they were in, in public school, and so they had the lunch program that you could sign up for government assistance and all that, and we signed that up. So the boys always ate. They, Josh and John do not know what poverty is at all. And they don't know what sickness is either. They don't because we had, we had those two things. So all of a sudden I come home and I'm sitting at the table and tears welled up in my eyes and they were coming down my teeth. And Marie says to me, babe, what's the matter? And I said, well, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, pray for pastors and all that kind of stuff. And I just got mad today because we found out the knowledge of the truth. And then the phone rang. Pick up the phone. Like, How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you remember me? Yes. Three months ago, you came to the house and you cleaned. I, I have something I need for you to do. I said, okay. She said, do you, do you install cable underneath threshold doors? And I said, yeah. I, I got, yeah. She said, well, could you come on out and, and take care of that for me? I said, sure. So I went to the house and everything, and her and her husband were there, and they were both Rama graduates, and they, they had a, a great ministry in, in, in Tulsa. And she said, well, how much are you going to charge me for this? I said, it's only going to take me 10 minutes. How about 10 bucks? Now, remember, we're eating our last can of potato soup. Lunch, got a phone call, right? Listen, if you, ladies, if you need a recipe for potatoes, Pastor Marie has 25. <laughs> potato soup, mashed potatoes, sweet potato, sweet potato pie. Regular potatoes with the eyes. Praise God, amen, whatever you need. So all of a sudden, she says to me, I said, I said how about 10 bucks? She said, I don't want to pay you 10 bucks. I'm like, well, I can do it for five. She said, no, I want to give you 25. I was like, okay. I didn't go, oh, no, you didn't have to do that. I was okay. Because <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing in the pocket this time, okay? So I, I ran that thing around, and she said, well, here's your $25. Her husband comes down, and he said, I understand you're a Rhema student. I said, yes, sir, we're in Bible school. He said, where are you from, son? I said, Plant City, I mean, Tampa, Florida. And he's like, oh, okay, well, how are things going? Really? Because sometimes we put this thing on. Oh, I'm highly blessed and favored of the Lord. Pray the Lord. Amen. And all hell's breaking loose in your life. And yeah, oh, I, I'm the head, not the tail, but my tail dragging. But I'm the head, not the tail. Praise God. Amen. Come on now, right? Sometimes we think, we think about that, right? He said, how you doing? I said, well, really, you want to know? And he said, yes, I want to know. I want to know the state of your flocks. And I said, well, the rent is due. I got three days to pay the rent. He said, how much is that? I said, it's $450. He said, school payment's due. He said, how much is that? I said, $460. He said, the electric due? I said, the electric's due, and this is due, and this is due, and this is due, and we have no food. And he said, okay, well, let me ask you something. He said, do you clean cars and things like that, like interior? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, how much do you charge for an interior car? I said, $35. He said, I don't want to pay you $35. I said, okay, I do it for $25. He said, no, I want to do it for $65. And I have two cars in the... So I'm thinking, okay, 25, 65, and 65, that's 130, so we're up to 155 bucks. This is stinking awesome. I don't have to couch dive for 35 cents to get a cheeseburger in the evening. Didn't even know if there was 35 cents in there. Listen, we were so broke, the roaches packed their bags and lives and said, I'm going next door. All the crumbs are over there. We were so broke, couldn't even pay attention. Praise God. Amen. Okay. No. Stop. Somebody stop them. Okay. So I said, okay, $155. This is awesome. So I went to work and all that kind of stuff. And remember, I left the house crying. Okay. I left the house crying. 
And so I'm doing all this work, and all of a sudden he comes down, and I said, well, that'll be $130. And he said, okay, well, and he pulls out this wad of pot. I mean, it was thick greenbacks. And he goes, how much is your rent? And I said, $450. He said, one, two, three, four, fifty. And he said, you have it due for the following month too? He said, I, I said, yes. He said, one, two, three, four, fifty. And this time I'm like, you know, the, lip, the lip starts going. You know, and he said, how much is your school payment? I said, four sixty. He said, one, two, three, four sixty. And then he goes, you need to pay next month? I said, yeah, one, two. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. And he said, how much is your electric? I said, 150. He said, one, two, three. I'm like, glory. <laughs> so I'm bawling in his living room, right? And he just said, thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm in the truck. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. And look at my big pocket. Bring it in. So I, I get out of the truck. I run to the, up the stairs, you know, to the apartment. And I open the door. And Pastor Marie's on the couch. And she's watching Catherine Coleman on the, on the TV. So when I walk in, I'm like, <gasps> she went, oh, baby crying again. <laughs> Boom, I threw that money. She went, ah! <laughs> fell off the couch on the floor, started crying. Let me tell you another story. You'll like this one, praise God. We moved to Chicago. And this is the way it works in the traveling ministry. When you are in an area, you can establish a traveling ministry because you're traveling out of a place. And sometimes it takes two to three, four years to do it. And in the traveling ministry, there can be feast or famine. So usually time where it's like you've got to really believe God is like around Christmas time because there's nobody's inviting you to come do revival service during Christmas time. Hello. And then sometimes around Easter, they'll never invite you. Or Mother's Day or Father's Day, they don't ever invite you. So there are seasons where you're like, I've got to really believe God. Because in the traveling ministry, you either have monthly partners or you get offerings from churches. And if you don't have enough monthly partners and you're not getting any other, you've got to really believe God. All right? So we moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, which we were there for nine years. And in the traveling ministry, we call bread and butter churches. So in the slow, slow times, there's people within a two-hour radius can call and say, hey, listen, can I just come on a Sunday morning? I don't need a Sunday night or anything. Could you help, could you help a brother out? So you'd go. So you establish those during the slow times because you're not traveling for 14 hours one way, that kind of thing. And so when we moved from Tulsa to Chicago, all the bread and butter churches that we could go to a little bit on a regular basis now became once a year or every two-year churches. So watch this. I want to show you something. When we moved there, our monthly rent payment went from $675 a month to $1,900 a month. We moved to Chicago, the city of Chicago. Some bills doubled and even tripled. I went through it. I mean, I was like, man. And we went, once we got up there, we went through the money that we had, and now things are starting to get due. So I thought you know, to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go back to do what I did before. So how I transitioned from business in Tulsa was this. As the ministry began to grow, I began to change. So I took my business, watch this, I took the business that I established and I gave it away to another guy who had an established business. And I started installing dish net satellite systems. 
So I, this guy, get this, his name was David Pentecost. You work for David Pentecost. So I, somehow I found I'm not sure if it was through you or it was through, yeah, it was through you. So I needed to make some extra money in between the traveling because sometimes I'd go a week or two weeks and then it wasn't until six weeks later. And then Pastor Marie went to cosmetology school. So she was cutting hair and she established her own business and I'm going from secular work into full-time ministry. So I would install Dish Next Salary. I was the best installer. They gave me all the, I mean, I, every time I was in town, he gave me five, six a day. And I was whipped $65 each one a day. So now all of a sudden, now the traveling ministry is starting to get more and more. And so there's got to be a certain time where you just pull the trigger to go full time. Okay. And so we did that. But when I moved to Chicago, I yanked the rug out from underneath myself. I think I've only done that maybe twice in my whole entire 53 years on this earth. I don't recommend a third time unless God tells you to do it. But ugh. So all of a sudden, now we're trying to get reestablished. And all of a sudden, the money ran out. So I thought, you know, what's my armor? I know how to install this network size. So I tried to look for a dealer in the area. I could not find a dealer. I'm thinking, oh, man. And there was a certain point. I, listen, do I look suicidal to you? No, there was this point in a certain time I had the thoughts of suicide like crazy. I was plagued with it. Like, what did you just do? You yanked, you did, you did it. Satan didn't do it. I did it. At least that's what I thought. So all of a sudden, we, did, we, we put on the praise cure. Hello. My mother-in-law, when she saw me at Christmas time, she said, oh, no. She knew I was in a bad way. Marie knew I was in a bad way. But I wasn't saying much about it. I'd just go down to my prayer room and pray in the Holy Ghost. And, no, and I'm not going to tell you that. It wasn't a struggle. Hello? I thought I was going to blow my brains out because all of a sudden you feel like you've made so much progress and then all of a sudden you're taking back a couple notches. Hello? I thank God for Chicago. I learned a lot of Chicago. We were there for six years. And the following year, it was the best year in the ministry ever. That was the year that we were traveled more than anything. We were on a home a whole month. We made $256,000. Okay, watch that. I don't know if you're hearing me. The principles that I'm telling you right now, I mean, they, I gave away my business a second time. Now, it's coming toward 2008. Real estate crash in the United States of America. Let me tell you this. This whole time of the struggles and the victories, I tithed and I gave offerings. That saved my life. I tithed when I couldn't really tithe. I tithed. If, it, if the money came in, if it was 10 bucks came in, guess what? He got a dollar. And people are struggling financially, they're struggling and struggling and struggling, but they're not doing the key principles to get them to the place where they can step into abundance. 2008, Pastor Marie wanted a house. We bought a 100-year-old home, real wood floors. It was amazing. It was the contractor owner who owned the subdivision. That was the first house that was on there, 100 years old, 100-year-old floors. It was three stories. We had a basement, single story, and an upstory. We redid that whole thing. We remodeled that whole thing. But then the real estate. Because 
We put the house on the market after we did that. And all of a sudden, the real estate was going down. I didn't even know. You get this? I didn't even know that the real estate, there was a problem. I mean, I wasn't even paying attention to the news or anything. I didn't know there was a recession hitting and all that kind of stuff. Until I started to look at the news, and they were like, oh, real estate's tanking, tanking, tanking. And a lot of people losing their homes, losing their homes. So I put the house on the market. This is what I did. Every day when I go to my prayer room in my basement, I would lay hands on the rafters, and I would speak to the house. Oh, that's just crazy. Jesus spoke to a tree. Hello? And I put my hands on there. Uh, Thank you so much for being in my life. You've been adequate. I no longer lead you. And every time somebody comes down the street, I want you to speak, buy me, buy me, buy me. Listen, we showed the house in a two-year period over 100 times and not one offer. My house was better homes and gardens. I couldn't live in my house. Gentlemen, it's a terrible thing when your wife won't let you live in the house. Can't take your shoes off and put them anywhere. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> let alone leaving your underwear on the floor. That's just a terrible day. It's a terrible day. You can't leave your underwear on the floor. Can I just leave it just once? I'm tired of being on town and country, the front cover of town and country. And the men said, Amen. <laughs> Every day I'd lay hands on the house. Every day I'd tell that house, you, you tell them, I'm for sale, buy me, buy me, buy me. We felt love of the Lord. We would come down here and start do, we started doing meetings, once a month meetings down here, because I felt love of the Lord to start a church. So we were at 2008, 2009, real estate market crashing, crashing, crashing. I think we paid 185000 for the house. I think we only owed like 180 or something, 179 or something. So we put the house on the market. Nobody, nobody. We had some one offer contingent on the sale of their, their place. And I think we put $20,000 into the house to renovate it. So all of a sudden, we went and got an, got a, uh, an appraisal. And they appraised the home for $110,000. 185 to 110,000. That's $75,000 loss. So I guess it was probably, there was a three month period of time. And then all of a sudden we got a phone call from a partner that partnered with us. And they said to us on the phone, We want to meet with you. Now that could be a good thing, <laughs> it could be a bad thing, depending on what it is. And he said, You know, are you in town? Yes, we'd like to, have, we'd like to take you out for dinner. I said, Okay, great. So we're sitting at the table and we're fellowshipping and everything. And all of a sudden, they say to us, so is the only thing that's keeping you from moving to Florida is the sale of your home? I said, yeah, that's the only thing that's keeping us. Well, how much do you owe in the home? I said, we owe $180,000, right around there. They said to us, we'd like to give you a check for $180,000. Now I'm looking at them. Is this a loan? That's what I said. I said, this is a loan. After I looked at Marie, and she looked at me, and I went, is this a loan? No, no, it's not a loan. I was like, you, you want us to pay you back? Well, this is what we'd like for you to do. We want to, pay, we want to give you two checks, equal 180000 pay off the mortgage, and then would that give you the ability to move down to Florida? I said, yeah, that would give us the ability to move down to Florida. They said, well, when you sell the house, just give us the money back. And you, whatever difference it is, just give us back. And I said, 
Well, can I pray about it? I, I wasn't, I didn't go out rejoicing. Because I, I love this couple. I value relationship over money. And money in situations can ruin relationships. Hello, come on somebody. And I didn't want this relationship ruined. So I wasn't rejoicing yet. Because I'm thinking to myself, I need to talk to my lawyer. I need to talk to my accountant. How is this going to work? Is this a personal thing? Is this a ministry thing? Because if it's given to the ministry, I have a salary. And I just can't take it out of the ministry. What am I going to So I said, can I pray about it and get back to you? They said, sure, sure, sure. So we got in the car, and Marie and I are now talking. So I called Dad. I said, Dad, this is a situation. What do you think? And he said, well, son, you have to pray about it and things like that and check with everybody and make sure it's okay. And he said, I don't think see anything wrong with it. And I said, good, thanks, Dad. I'm, I'm teaching you some principles. I'm teaching you some principles right now. I called my accountant. I said, this is a situation. Could they do it as a personal thing? Are they allowed to give a certain amount of money without them having to answer to the IRS? Oh, come on. Hello. I'm teaching you some principles. I talked to several of my board members, counseled with them. So I went into my prayer room the next day, and I'm praying and asking God. I said, God, can you help me? Can you help me? Um, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't really getting necessarily an answer. So I came out of the prayer room, and I walked upstairs, and I sat on the couch, and I said, Babe, we're just not going to do this. I know it's probably shocking to a lot of you. But I said, Babe, I'm, we're just not going to do this. I, I don't want to lose the relationship. God will have to do it some other way. She said, well, babe, why don't you just pray about it? Just give it another day. And I'm like, okay, I'll make a decision. So the next morning I got up and went to my prayer room. As soon as I walked into the prayer room, got on my knees, and I said, God, should I? The anointing hit me. Boom! I fell out on the power. I started weeping and laughing uncontrollably. And I heard his voice. Do it! It's me! So I walked out and told Maria, I said, we're going to do it. Praise God. Call him up. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Call him up. She called him up, and all of a sudden we met with them, and they wrote us a check, cashier's checks, 180000 Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So we paid the mortgage off, loaded up the U-Haul, moved down. I asked them, do you want to do a contract on this? They said, no, just shake my hand. So I shook hands with the husband. I said, once the house sells, we'll pay you back. So within about three or four or five months, we, we, were, we were down here. We were getting established, but I had to fly up there uh, once, at least once a month to check on the house because winter was coming. So now I had to drain all the water out of there, all the airline, and um, uh, the house sold, and it sold for $110,000. So I said to them, get this, I said to them, I said, we'll send you the 110000 That's all we got out of the house, and I know we owe you $80,000. I said, this is what I'll do. We'll send you something every single month. Every single month, we'll send you something. They said, okay. I said, would you like a contract on that? She said, could you just sign a little something? I said, sure. We'll pay you $80,000. And they said, and they just put, when you can. I said, okay. So, we put on the, so I set that up to them and all that kind of stuff. And so about three months into it, because they were supporting us every month still, supporting the, the ministry. But I was turning it around, and I was, I was giving it back to them. Amen. So all of a sudden, they called me on the phone. They said, um, seems like, you know, we're doing an exchange here. And I said, oh, that's what we can do. Praise God. Amen. We'll just send it right back to you. And they said, well, listen, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Praise God. You don't owe us anything. Amen. And guess what? They're still partners after all these years. 
And they send us a monthly check to help us go to the nations of the world. So I'm teaching you here principles. If you start applying these principles, listen, payday may not be every Friday, but I got good news. Payday is coming. It is coming. And I'm even learning more and more principles. And there's so, look, I got so many pages here. I got like five pages of stuff to go through. But you know what? Maybe we'll we'll see. I'm going to talk to Pastor Marie. Maybe we'll take Tuesday nights and we'll begin to really teach on on these principles and things like that. So where do you do? Just start with tithing. Start there. It's a key to your prosperity. And if you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, you will see increase, 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 increase. Can you say amen? I hope to help some of you here this morning with some things, some principles. So hallelujah. Praise God. All right, let's do this. We're going to take up tithes and offerings. So if you need an offering envelope on the seat in the back of you, grab a hold of that thing. And, uh, you know, if you attend another church, your tithes go there. But if you're visiting here, man, so an offering. We're, we're going to the country of Burma. 5,000, our 5,000 has been paid. So I have to send, I got to send Daniel King another 1,000, which is because Matt's coming with me. So Matt's going to be the security. So we're taking care of all of his expenses and a little extra to help out Michelle because she has an entire basketball team to take care of. Praise God. <laughs> she got five kids, man. <laughs> so you got to take care of the basketball team. And I want to encourage everybody, help Michelle the, the, the 10 days that Matt's with me. Help her. Man, please help her. Take her some food. Fix some things. Help her. Help the, we're family. That's right. Yeah, come on now. We're family and we take care of our own. So a seed into that. So... I got, there's about 5,000 more. I got a, there's 1,000 because it's 500 each for each of us for ground expenses, and then it's 2,000 for each of us because we have an extra airline ticket plus the hotels plus the food while we're gone for the 10 days. So so into, so into that. That goes into the missions account. Hallelujah. So put a little extra in there. Where well, you got to start. If you're not tithing, please tithe. Tithe. Just do that. It's your covenant right. It keeps covenant with God. Hallelujah. I didn't get one amen on that. Come on, tithe. Just start. If that's all you can do right now, you can't do a little extra offering, just tithe. Just start with that. Just do that. I mean, isn't isn't your salvation worth that? I think it's worth more than that, to be honest with you. My goodness, you're not going to hell because he died on the cross for you. Oh, what kind of of price is that? I think it's called priceless, to be honest with you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, did you enjoy this morning? I mean, did you get some principles out of it? I hope so. I really hope so. Because there's no ulterior motive here. I have no ulterior motive. Marie and I, we get a salary from the church. It was set by the board of directors because we're a corporation. Hello? And then I get a small salary from a security agency. The majority of the money gets this. The majority of the money is going to my employees. And it's going to the government. My God, help us all. Man. And I, and I just asked the Lord, because I'm going to get ready to hire a guy. I asked the Lord, Lord, I need another school. Give me another school. I mean, we just picked up a school, new school. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just picked up a new school. So we have two private schools now. Yeah, so I want another school. So I just started, ah, Lord, can I have another school, please? Can I have another school? You know? And we sent out, and let me tell you how I got the schools. That would be a good testimony right there. We wanted to go into the schools because we want to take care of the body of Christ. That's my heart, to take care of the body of Christ. And so we, we started out with one school out in Lakeland. Well, that school just closed. 
Okay? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I need to make up that school. So I sent out letters to private schools with at least 500 or more students. Because the majority in Christendom and Christian schools, they're supplied by their monthly fees and all that kind of stuff and student ratio. Hello. So if they don't have the student enrollment and, the, and people aren't paying the tuition, then the money goes down. It's almost like the church. If people don't pay the tithes, things don't get done. We've got we to hold on to whatever it gets put back on the, at the bottom of the list. That was at the top, now it goes to the bottom. Hello. So all of a sudden, you know, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I would like to have another school. So I sent letters out. Then I went and visited them. Amen. Knocked on the door. Asked for them. Two schools I went to, they were very interested. Very, very interested. I went to them three times, and I thought, that's it. I've got to go to them three times. Now, I'm talking business now. Because then if I showed up a fourth time or a fifth time or a sixth time, then they're like, this dude's a freako, man. He's, <laughs> he's showing up everywhere. Hello? Now, it's a little different when you're working for somebody or need a job when it comes to business. I don't want to put so they got my letters. They got my letters of recommendation. They got my licensing. They got all the qualifications. They need me. They know how to get a hold of me. Right? So, therefore, um, there's this. And got that school. That was the first school. Second school, another security agency said, oh, Jack, listen, this Church down here, Free Will Baptist Church, Sefner Christian Academy, they are needing security there. Their, their, their security is really not so good. They need you. And I said, okay, great. So watch this. The day I pulled up in the parking lot with one of the cruisers was the day that the headmaster was getting out of his truck at the same time. When I pulled up and I got out and I was in the uniform and he thought I was a police officer, he walked to me and said, Officer, can I help you? I said, Hi, how are you? My name is Jack Myers. I'm with Protective Security Service. I said, I understand that you need some security here. He said, You're not a cop? I said, No. He said, You sure look like one. I said, Well, there you go. He said, Come to my office. <laughs> so we walked in and sat down in the office. The first thing out of his mouth, You look really impressive. I said, We're highly trained. We do jujitsu, we train a firearm, AEDCPR, taser, handcuff restraint, and OC spray. You do? We wear level three vests. Not only that, we have cruisers. I'll have a cruiser on the property absolutely for free. He said, really? Is that much you charge? I said, I told him, $30 an hour. He said, that's very interesting. And when he said that, I knew that the previous company was charging him $30 an hour. But the previous company, you couldn't tell it was a jack-in-a-box. <laughs> I'm serious. I met, all of a sudden, their security guys came out. They had flannel shirts on, no badges, no nothing in the radio. Get your bullet, Barney. Get your bullet. Over. <laughs> and then one of them asked me, said, what are you doing? I said, well, I just talked to the headmaster. And he said, he mentioned something about um, handling traffic out front here. He did mention to me that. He didn't tell me about anything else. Praise God. Amen. So I just told him that. He's like, oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, they were gone. Boom. Hired us. That's right. Now, listen, this is really cool. We were the low man on the total pole. We did it, we've done it for about five, well, it was five months. We did it last year, okay? So about five months into it, oh, that's a security guard. We are not security guards. We are protection officers, and we train as such. But they didn't know that. So four weeks ago, five weeks ago, before school started, we did an active shooter scenario at the school, and we had another headmaster, and I said to him, why don't you come and watch what we do? So we had all these silhouettes of bad guys set up in all the classrooms, and at the very end, we had a guy with a simunition pistol, 
which shoots pellets, paint pellets. So we put the gear on and we go start clearing the room, the room, the room. And I had my son, John, sitting in the middle firing off blanks as we're going from room to room, clearing the room and shooting the bad guy. You should have seen the guy's eyes. He watched the whole scenario. Afterwards, he said, y'all aren't playing, are you? We said, no, sir, we're not playing. He said, you train like this all the time. We train like we went from the low man on the totem pole. Now Ty is like, hi, Ty. How you doing, Ty? Officer Ty, how are you today? Are you good? We appreciate you, Officer Ty. You're great here. Officer Ty, he's our man. He's our man. Nobody can do it, but Ty can. I'm not, I'm not kidding. We went from the low man on the totem pole. Now we're like, hey, how are you, officer? How are you, officer? How are you, officer? Most amazing thing. And now he's our best advocate. Oh, we'll get Ty to do it. You know. And by the way, we, we just picked up their church, too. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody, amen. amen. So what are you doing? I'm putting the keys of the kingdom to work for me because Jesus provided for it 2,000 years ago, and I'm unlocking the doors, baby. Unlocking the doors, unlocking the doors. And he'll do the same thing for you. Can you say amen? amen? All right, lift your offering toward heaven if you would, please. Father, thank you for the gift and the giver. Thank you for your word that sets us free. We will know the truth and apply it to our lives because it will set us free. Father, just let us start where we know to begin. And Father, we thank you right now for tithes and offerings. And Lord, that all the needs of the church are met, ministries met. But not only that, Lord, all the needs of your people are met. Their bills are paid on time. They have increase and favor goes before them. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. You are a God of increase and prosperity and a God of covenant. And you keep covenant with us and we keep covenant with you because you first loved us, we love you. So, Father, we thank you right now for increase. I pray that even testimonies this week of increase and favor goes before your people. Satan, get your hands off of God's people's money right now in the name of Jesus. We command you to get underneath our feet. We belong to God. And Father, angels that have been assigned to us, go forth now. Influence the wealth of the wicked to be loosed in our hands to establish the covenant so that we can advance the kingdom of God in the earth. And many souls will be one because of it. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we give you praise for everything that is done, said, and revealed. We thank you for the increase in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.